And I have gotten reports, and, and one day I'm going to talk about this, and I'm going to do a whole show about monster dogs because I have gotten reports of dogs like the size of, like, you know, small cars. And I'm not talking about wolves. I'm talking about dogs. Like, there was a pack of dogs, literally. And this was an area that was uninhabited in Detroit. And I got devil dog reports out of there. I, I talked about it on one of my Halloween episodes uh, about these demonic hellhounds that had attacked people. And when they would attack the people, they would maul them and tear them apart. And then when the coroners would come and they would, they would, or the, they would take them, the paramedics would take them to the corner. Corners like this person died of a heart attack. They, they didn't, uh -huh. they didn't get ripped to shreds. They just got attacked. But these the witnesses were like, no, we saw these dogs the size of like, you know, vehicles, like tearing this guy apart. And then there's nothing. The guy just died of a heart attack. Um, you know, and, and it's a very weird phenomenon with these dogs. And so, you know, I'm really apprehensive with just about any canine you come across. Cause I swear this is a true story too. I'll tell you something really weird, Nick. One time I was working at a post and, uh, I was, I was working so much and I, and I got sick and it was the year I ended up getting H1N1, uh, one year. And for a little bit, I didn't even realize I had it and I was sick and I was working and uh, this is like the, the swine flu, whatever, when it was going on. And uh, I almost died from it. But uh, I was sick and, and I was having these weird fever dreams and I went to sleep on pose, which I hate to admit that I did that, but it was, it was, it is what it is. I was very uh, ill. And uh, there was this uh, female friend of mine that I was, that I, that I was friends with, that I had grown up with, and we hadn't talked in a long time and we got into this long conversation uh, she'd hit me up on Facebook and, and, and her, and she was married to another friend of mine that I went to school with. So they, they were a married couple and they were, we were talking and we started talking about the thing that I had seen when I was 15. And that was why she'd reached out to me because her husband, uh, had seen something kind of similar to that in around my hometown In my hometown people, there are a lot of people who claim to have seen these things. Uh, these black dogs. And so we started talking about it and she goes, you know, my friend who lives out in Thrall, now this is out in a little town outside of Taylor, kind of like a suburb of Taylor. Uh, and Taylor's kind of a suburb of Austin. So go figure. But she said, my friend practices uh, uh, magic and she's into uh, the saint of death, but she, she uh, doesn't necessarily worship, but she consults the goddess Hecate. Now, um, after we had this conversation, you know, she, cause she said she had talked to her about the black dogs. She said that it was related to Hecate. She, uh, basically just, you know, we got off the phone to put, you know, just that we wrapped up the conversation. So I fell asleep after that. And, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't do any research at that point. I didn't really know like a whole lot about Hecate, but I, I went to sleep and I felt something move my truck and I woke up. And I was working uh, in the parking lot of an abandoned building that they were uh, trying to resell, and there had been some vandalism, so that's why I was there. And I was I was having a fever. I was having like a little bit of a fever, and I got out of my truck, and I because it woke me up, and I thought, oh, I'm just having a dream. I've been in a, in places where it feels like something moves your truck. It's I've worked a lot of weird places, and I'm very in tune with the, with the spirit world, and I could feel it, you know, but. I didn't feel anything. I just felt sick. And I think the fever had kind of numbed my senses and I got out to take a leak. And, uh, I walked toward the back of the truck and I hear a growl and I look over and, and, I, and there's nothing fantastical about it. I didn't see any glowing red eyes or any like 
frothing at the mouth like some demon dog. It was just a black dog that was skinny and uh, just looked almost almost like an oversized greyhound. And it was just standing there on the other side of my truck, and I'm, you know, I'm urinating, and I'm looking at it, and it kind of just walking around, kind of doing what it was doing. And then it just darted up the hill real quick and went behind a bookstore uh, that, that was on the other part on the other parking lot or whatever, um, and, and into a uh, I can't remember the name of it's a shopping center, but anyway, and so it goes up into that that shopping center and it just kind of goes into the shadows and then it doesn't come out of the shadows and I'm thinking okay maybe I'm just fever dreaming, so I get back in my my truck and I'm just like that was weird where did this dog come from and, and it just it unnerved me and it kind of just stared at me. Uh, so I start, I started researching Hecate and I realized that not only was she this goddess of, uh, of death, but she, she was also, she was also known to, uh, uh, surround herself with these dogs, with these demon dogs, these protector dogs or whatever. And so that was, that was interesting. I was like, wow, uh, it's, it's this goddess of Greek mythology. Um, so, and she says she's capable of both good and evil, but especially associated with witchcraft, magic, the moon, doorways, and creatures of the night, such as hellhounds and ghosts. Is she a uh, a Mexican goddess? No, 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 Greek. From their folklore. No, oh, gr- Greek. Greek. Okay, because because you, I don't know, you're probably aware because you're down that end of the world. Uh, the Cadejo. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a uh, a black one and a white one. The black one would would do you harm, and the white one is is there to protect you. I mean that's 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 seeped very deeply into the folklore of the area. I was just wondering if that's what what you found. Yeah, and and I got a story that that uh, you know about that too. I mean there there was a story that that I, I could get into, and it's about uh, somebody who was trying to to get home, and they um, had this this dog that kind of guided them. And it wasn't black or white. It was a grayish dog. And they were walking around. They were, they, it was when they were a child, this person told me they were a child and they were living in, uh, uh, up in Canada near Windsor. I believe they said it was, I, th- I think it was Windsor or maybe it was Winnipeg. I don't, it was, it was with the W, but anyway, they told me this story and it wasn't a real long one, but they, yeah, yeah but, but they had gotten lost when they were a child. They had gone out wandering around out in the woods and this, this loud crashing noise was coming from the woods and there was this weird howling. And he said it wasn't like a wolf. It was just like a howling, like a, like a, a growling, um, noise, like, like a, but it was really loud, like a guttural growling, like howl, but he couldn't really describe it. And he knew that it was something bad. And he, it was it was like it was coming for him. It was stalking him. And this dog appears and just starts barking at him and just it starts to run. And then he got the instinct in him that, that he should follow it. And he ran. And then the dog would turn and look at him and just would bark at him and then run some more. And so he followed it across like this pasture uh, and just kept running across what would be a pasture and just kept running, you know, like diagonally and following this dog and got, he got, he went out, he got off the main road. The road was like some gravel road or dirt road or whatever. And eventually it, it, it got him back to his little, uh, his grandparents, uh, house. And, uh, and then, then the dog just disappeared into the woods and whatever it was, 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 was growling, howling, whatever was right on his, on his heels. And, uh, so 
Yeah, and then wow. you know, years later, there were descriptions in that, and of the of the this hunter had gone just he had gone missing, and there was like descriptions of a Wendigo type creature in that area. So you know, he 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 always believed that there was a dog that had saved him. Now something similar to that happened to me when I was like fourteen, and I always believed that there was this that this dog like it appeared. And I, but I heard the, the noise I heard was different. It wasn't like a growling thud, whatever. I heard a howling, and I, I ended up following a dog. And it, you know, and I just, I, but I could have swore it was the neighbor's dog. Like I, I'd seen this dog before. It wasn't like some unknown dog. I was like, oh, okay, this is the neighbor's dog. And so I just kind of followed this dog that was kept kind of looking back at me. So when that guy told me that story, it really resonated with me. I was like, holy crap you know that that's very similar story um because i heard this howling but it wasn't like it wasn't like too real dramatic it wasn't like it was getting closer and breathing down my neck i just heard this howling off to my left and i thought that it might be a pack of coyotes or something you know and then this dog yeah. just appeared and i went up under a barbed wire fence and i walked across this pasture and i just kind of followed that dog um, and, and, and I, and I wasn't lost either. And so I kind of knew where I was going, but this dog just seemed like it would, was friendly. And for some reason I felt like it would protect me. And I thought it belonged to the neighbors. And when I asked the neighbors about it, they were like, no, we don't have a dog. And the dog was black. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, okay. a, that's, that's a weird, that's a weird thing that happened to me. I never really looked at that though as paranormal. I don't know why I just didn't really seem like. I don't know. I've told people that story and they say, well, that's the, that's something weird. That's kind of paranormal, you know? And I'm thinking, mm, is it really? I don't know. I mean, it just, I mean, it just, it, it's weird though. When I read that other story about the guy from Canada, it made me think about that, you know? So, um, yeah, that's something that both of you guys had the same thing. Yeah. Very similar, mm. but not, not mine was not nearly as dramatic. You know what I mean? It was just, mm. I just felt like that dog was just kind of appeared and, but I could have swore I'd seen it before somewhere. It was somebody's dog that, that lived around there, you know? Um, so I, I didn't really get the impression that it was like some sort of uh, entity, you know, it was just like a dog that was trying to help me out, you know? But, wow. uh, so, so I had another question for you. You, so you went down and you tromped around looking for the chupacabra and you found what your truth was for the chupacabra, at least for the blue dog, you figured it out, you know? Um, and you yeah. said that you went and you looked for another creature. Now, do you want to talk about that? Well, for six years, well, because I live in New Jersey uh, mm -hmm. for about six years, I've been going down to the Pine Barrens. I mean, I used to go down there as a teenager anyway with my friends, and we'd go canoeing and, you know, going through the forest area over there. Uh, you've, you've got uh, over a, about a million acres of land, actually, in the Pine Barrens in New Jersey. It's, it's a huge area. And what they have down there is the Jersey Devil. And uh, so, you know, just, just because I am curious, and uh, it was our local cryptid for about six years, I had been going down there, not alone, you know, with at least three other people. And we'd be go trampling through the woods. And there have been reports uh, from a, <coughs> excuse me, from a uh, forest ranger that had a sighting of a Jersey devil. And, uh, I mean, the Jersey devil dates back. Oh God. <laughs> so, so far back in, in time, it's, it's, it's not funny. I mean, they've got different stories about what it is and everything. Uh, but what I found down there after walking around through the woods, we came out into an area 
where a gentleman who owned 40 acres of land, he was out there doing stuff uh, in, in, in his, on his land, and he asked us what we were doing, and we told him. We told him that we were out there just looking for the Jersey Devil, and he goes, and he laughed. He thought it was a funny thing since, since we were you know, going out there, and he had seen us before in the area, and he figured he'd come over and find out what we were doing. I mean, you can't do anything bad out there. I mean, geez, there's nothing to steal because everything's all forest land and, and farmland, and, uh, and a lot of it is uh, swampy also out there. Anyway, this gentleman, after we told him what you know, we were looking for, he says, well, you know what? I'm going to show you what it is. And we went over to his barn, and he had there what I found out later on after I looked it up to be a horse bat. Now, a horse bat can be anywhere from like three and a half feet tall to close to three and three quarter inches uh, of feet tall. Uh, it has a horse's face. It's got the funny looking legs, and it has large wings. <coughs> so... This thing was dead, by the way, and he was asking us, gee, you know where, where I could sell this thing, because he wanted to sell it, and uh, at the time, I didn't know where he could, uh, you know, pawn it off on, but these days, I guess he could go to the International Cryptozoological Museum in Maine, and he'd probably be able to sell it to them up there, but once again, just like the Chubacabra, here somebody is showing us something, and prove or disprove to me. This thing looked just like all the drawings that they've had on the Jersey Devil. I mean, it was it was absolutely amazing. It looked just like it. I mean, from a distance, you would think the thing was maybe five feet tall. But up close, you know, it's, it's under four feet. It's got the horse's face. It's got the skinny legs. It's got the bat-like wings. Uh, that's what it is. I mean, anybody can look it up in Google, and they can see what it looks like. But that's what he had down there. And I'll, I'll tell you, the Pine Barrens is a crazy place because... Uh, they recently found, I think it was back in 2018, a three-headed snake that they took to one of the museums over there. I mean, it was still alive and everything. So, I mean, you've got all these crazy things that, so you can't discount anything. You know, absolutely nothing. You can't discount anything. Did he kill this creature himself? No, he found it dead. Oh, okay. He found it dead. So what did he, he end up doing with it? Barn. I, I never contacted the man again, but he wanted to sell it to make some money out of it because he had read years ago where this uh, guy was touring the country with a uh, uh, an abominable snowman type creature, and and he read that you know he wanted to sell it for five million dollars, and he oh, figured wow. he'd be able to get a couple of he'd be able to get a couple thousand for the uh, for the dead horse bat and show everybody that it's uh, not the Mrs. Leeds' thirteenth uh, son. You know, as the uh, as the folklore goes, uh, she had thirteen children and cursed the thirteenth son, and uh, turned out to be the Jersey Devil. So, oh really? I wasn't was familiar with that. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a couple of different stories about that, and Mrs. Leeds is the is the biggest one. Uh, Esterville, New Jersey. Uh, that that's where that one's out of. <clears throat> there was another lady, Mrs. Shrouds. If you want to look that up sometime. Uh, she lived in Leeds Point, New Jersey, which was just across the river from Mrs. Leeds. Uh, and she had a similar, uh, a similar thing where she had so many kids that she wished, uh, the next kid she had looked like the devil. Oh, and, uh, wow. Well, that's not fair to the kid. Uh, 
He didn't ask to know, be born. What you what you wish for just might come true. Yeah. <laughs> so it was it was really amazing. The story of the of the Jersey Devil goes back to 1735. Yeah, yeah, and it was supposedly Mother Leeds. Um, I don't know the whole story. I know that it, I know that it goes back to 1735 because I did a some research on it. You know, before we because we <laughs> it's not like I had that memorized, but we we had talked about you coming on the show, and I remember looking that up. And it uh, Mother Leeds supposedly the the legend is that she had her 13th child, and she was like maybe a devil. And that's pretty common knowledge. And then, of course, it flew out and flew up the chimney. If you, because I know this horse bat you're talking about, it's also known as a hammerhead bat or a cow bat. Yeah. You know, and, 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 but they're not supposedly no. native to that region. So, what, what is it doing there? No, no, not at all. Not at all. But just like all cryptids, some of them could be misplaced. You know, like we see, we see reports about uh, black panthers in uh, England, for instance. What's a black panther doing stalking around in uh, London, England? Well, maybe somebody had a uh, a pet, or somebody brought one home, and they decide to release it. So that's 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 where my answer would be on that. That maybe somebody had some exotic creatures and they released them. Yeah, that that could be an explanation, and then it just it just it survived. Now, I, you do get weird reports, though, out of the Pine Barrens about a lot of weird stuff. Unbelievable stuff. Yeah. Unbelievable. The, I mean, there's, there's a door. You know what? Just to not to interrupt you, but the, back in 2018, one of my first members for the North American Dogman Region 3, uh, her first name is Kelly. I won't give her last name, but she, she lives down there near the Pine Barrens. She had an encounter. And that's how she wound up joining my group. And at the time, we only had like seven people at the time. And she she called me up on the telephone and told me about it. And she saw a canine variant one. Now, here's the strange part about it. I mean, she, she described it exactly as the one I saw back in 2013. Here it is, 2018. Josh, five days later... My neighbor who lives 900 feet down the road from me, her backyard backs up into a, a federal park. She was taking her little tiny three-pound dog out for their six o'clock walk so he can go pee. She was going to put him away, and then she goes to work. Um, I'll call her Mary because I, I, I wrote it up at the time. I called up Jody, and I wrote it up, and I posted it. Uh, I can't give her a full name because she was part of the political scene at the time. She took her little dog out back, and she heard a growl. And her little dog goes running past her all the way back to the house. She picks up her, her cell phone and flashed it twice with her flash, figuring that would give her a few seconds. If it was a dog or something, she wanted to shock it. She actually took two pictures, and she got two headshots. She went back, and she knew as a former police officer, she called me up. About 6.15 in the morning, I went right over there. I checked the area out. And I checked the area out where she, she showed me the picture. It looked exactly like the one that I saw. And it matched the what Kelly down in the Pine Barrens saw. And this is in 2018. So within five days, this canine variant one, whether it's the same one or not, I don't know. It was actually 900 feet away from where I presently live. And I've been searching that area since with, with a couple other fellows, 
and we haven't come across anything. But this shocked this lady so bad, she didn't want to call the police. She wouldn't come out with it because she's part of the political scene, and it would ruin her. She put her house up for sale three days later. That very same day, she didn't spend the day. She didn't spend the night there. She would took off. She now lives in Florida. I tried getting. She showed me the picture on her cell phone. She had two decent headshot pictures. Uh, I tried to get her to send them to me. She wants to have nothing to do with me. She doesn't want anybody to know. Doesn't want to talk about it. She she was just she sold her house. We're talking about a four hundred twenty five thousand dollar house. She just sold it and left. And that was it. So, I mean, Pine Barrens, yeah, Kelly saw it down in the Pine Barrens. And then uh, I believe it was in 2020, Kelly gave me another call. And she had a friend that had a an encounter around where she lives, which was about a couple of miles away from the Pine Barrens, a very similar experience. So something's going on out there. I don't know what, but something is going on around out there with uh, that type of canine variant one dog man. Yeah, that's that that whole area is really haunted. And I don't I don't just mean haunted, ghost haunted, which it is for that too because I've heard lots of stories about there being ghosts and things like that. But now l- l- let's change up for just a second here. L- let me ask you a question. Um yeah. th- th- these th- like you 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 feel like that was what you found to be your truth, you know, as far as the uh the Jersey Devil, but I I've had people tell me that that's not what that is. That they that they that they that very well could be the hammerhead bat could be there, but and 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 here we'll get into some weird kind of weird territory uh, yeah. going down the rabbit hole here. I have a theory about that. I believe that enough people see something, then enough people believe in it that it could come true. Uh, hear me out on this one, folks. What I'm what I mean is. What if enough people saw this hammerhead bat? It was brought over at some point way back, two or three hundred years ago, and it ended up just becoming, you know, acclimated to living in the Pine Barrens, and then it bred, you know, and and so people would see that every once in a while and be like, "Oh, it's this Jersey Devil," and then but then you get reports of this giant, like gargoyle type creature or Mothman looking creature on top of people's roofs. Uh, people having this Mothman or Gargoyle-looking thing fly a lot, fly overhead. You know, um, people that are driving through or driving around it. You know, the people will say that they they see things fly or run across the road. Or um, I've had, I've heard people say things will fly next to their vehicle. Or uh, a hunter that 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 claims that you know he and this wasn't my story. It was given to me by another podcaster. Just he asked me, hey, what do you think of this? And, um, so I, I was reading it and it was pretty interesting. I mean, it's not my story, so I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll I'll give credit for it if I ever tell the whole story, but long, this long story short, this guy saw something that looked uh, Mothman-ish, you know, uh, another guy saw something jumped out of a tree and it landed on the ground in front of him. What if these people are seeing something that was a tulpa that was created by everyone's belief that there's this giant winged demon living in the in, in the woods. Well, they had to see something. That's what that's my argument. They had to see something, whether it be an owl or a in the in the case of a mothman, I I kind of think it might be a sandhill crane, 
although I can't see a sandhill crane flying around in the, the city of New York, uh, you know, because uh, a sandhill crane is about six, six and a half feet tall, the big wingspan, you know, 10 feet. Uh, it's got red skin around its eyes, you know, about four inches around its eyes and everything. So, you know, throw a light on it and its eyes are going to glow and it's going to hit off that red. And there you have a Mothman. But um, going back to what you had said about the Jersey Devil, uh, you got to understand that that area, the Pine Barrens, until they started to regulate it, they used to dump stuff there, chemicals. Pharmaceutical plants used to dump their pharmaceuticals in that area. So who's to say that something didn't mutate, you know, and and become something like that? I, I, I can't put that on the backboard and, I mean, on the back burner and say it's, it may not have happened. Yeah, and, and but, there's these know, these pits they have that are that are like uh, pollution, basically, like pollution pits. Right. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and yeah. They're, they're like water, they're like water holes, that, but they're just, you know, and, and they can be like, you know, really deep. I mean, like a hundred foot deep, and and they're just like 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 holes in the ground that are that are just with water. They say uh, you, you're not supposed to walk around certain areas of there because um, they the, some of the the sand around those pits is like quicksand, and that exactly. you can and yeah. it's, it's posted. There's a lot of areas that are posted. They, I, I have to say, the rangers, uh, the forest rangers there, they did a great job, and they tell you what not to do, what not to go near. You know, don't touch the water, don't go fishing here. Because you're right, those pits and the, and the pits that are filled with the liquid, it's it's nasty looking. I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen them, and it's it's like, yeah, I I saw a deer go near it and sniff the water and then just ran right away. You know, oh, I'm not going to drink from here. Forget about it. You never you never know. I mean, it, it, it's a possibility, Josh. It's a possibility that something could have drank the water and decided it was good and then mutated over the years and become something awfully nasty looking. Yeah. And, but, uh, and become a, a mutated whatever, you know, like, uh, and I, I, you know, people will say, well, that, that sounds ridiculous. It's, you know, what is it? The toxic Avenger? No folks uh, look, look at Chernobyl. I mean, you got weird animals uh, running around with six legs and all kinds of weird stuff happening because these animals have been, have, 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 uh, just been living in that area and turning into you know, freaks. Since you mentioned Chernobyl, I mean, uh, Mothman was actually seen there uh, hours before by an American. Hours before the uh, Chernobyl just went, uh, you know, ballistic over there, yeah. and he, he was seen again at an atomic plant in Japan before the atomic plant went, you know, went hot. And uh, there's a report. I, I've seen it on the internet. I, I don't get too much of it, but there's a report of Mothman, a picture of Mothman near the World Trade Center an hour before the, the first plane hit. So they're saying that he's like a harbinger of doom, you know, a predictor of doom and all that stuff. Well, so the Silver that, Bridge. I mean, the Silver Bridge collapse, which is the most, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In 67, that Silver Bridge collapse, with, and all those people getting injured and everything and dying, It's that that was in West Virginia. You know, and they uh, to this day, they have a, uh, a large Mothman statue in the and they also do a parade once a year over there. I don't know if they did it this year because of the COVID, but that would have been a shame. That's too bad. Yeah, well, you I know. Do what? I want to go there sometime. Oh, yeah, and, that'd, that'd be a uh, neat trip. Next to, the, uh, next to the statue. When I was there, there was no statue. So I want to get a picture. 
Yeah, the, the, there was a report that I had gotten of, of some people who claimed to have seen a Mothman-esque entity flying around, you know, and this was like before the shooting that took place uh, with from the Lux, I guess it was at the Luxor or whatever, where the guy went up and he shot the people up in Vegas. And yeah, uh, yeah. yeah they claimed that, you know, like like days before that, that, that they were there on vacation and they, they, they saw this wing thing flying between the buildings. And so I had a report of that, you know, that happened. This guy was like, you're not going to believe me, but my kids told me that, that they saw this and this could, this could have been like a foreshadowing of that, you know? Um, yeah. if I remember correctly, I, I have to go back and I think it was an episode of supernatural sin city. And, uh, I can't remember how, how many days or weeks it was. I have to look at my notes, but, um, before that, uh, you know, before the shooting or whatever, but that they, his kids claimed to have seen this Mothman type creature, uh, red eyes, you know, just, I mean, it's stereotypical. So, you know, yeah. you hear about this <clears throat> before tragedies, you know, it's kind of like we were talking and we get back to what we were talking about earlier about the dog man. Okay. You got the dog man being seen around light with, with, with light, you know, and being seen around cemeteries. Now, when I was on Dogman Encounters, I, I covered a story that was this, it was this guy that was a DJ at our club. And uh, he had, him and his wife had a Dogman Encounter. They saw these two Dogman-looking creatures, you know, werewolf-looking creatures in a cemetery. And they looked like they were fighting with one another. And then the next thing, you know, there's there's activity going on at their house because they live at the end of a street you know, where there was a cemetery, like on the, on, like going like down this old, this road where they lived, there was like a cemetery, uh, between where they were at and this diner where they were going to eat at. And they, they would, when they would drive past that cemetery, uh, his girlfriend, who's now his wife was always like, Oh, get a weird feeling here. You know, it's weird. And then one night they see these two dogmen. Well, the Marfa lights. Okay. It, it's it, it wasn't lost on me that there were that there are lights out there in the Chinati Mountains around Marfa, Texas, and if anybody wants to look that up, you know people they see these what they call the Marfa lights, and I don't think it's a coincidence. I don't think it's a coincidence that people see these lights and then up in those mountains, you know, when you go from from uh, Marfa into Candelaria, Mexico, you know Pinto Canyon up in the Chinati mountains, people see these ghost lights, these lights that bounce around, you know, and then you get reports of these, uh, kind of diminutive looking little dogmen running around up there. Uh, when I was in Candelaria with my grandfather, we would stay there. It's a little bitty town. And, uh, there was a store there. These people had like a general store, you know, and, uh, they were friends of my grandparents. And, uh, there was this cemetery at the top of the hill uh, and there supposedly they, people would see these green balls of light bouncing around up there. And of course there were stories of these little, uh, coyotes that could stand up on two legs and could run around and, and, and move like men. Mm. So, you know, so you got these weird, uh, this weird dynamic between the cemetery, the dog man and these balls of light. What is the connection? I mean, I can't give you a hundred percent, but 
it's it's not lost on me that there's that they're all seen in the same vicinity. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So do you have any uh stories that you could uh, uh tell the audience in reference to the lights with the uh with the cryptid? Well, I mean j- just in general, I mean you filled a lot of reports. I mean, do you have any that you could point you could point out, you know, at the uh, to the audience to uh, tell them well, the thing, the main, the main thing with all these reports, is 367 reports that I went through, is that since the 1800s, over 200 Bigfoot sightings were in Canada, and 3,000 of them were in the United States, and half of them being in Washington, Oregon, California, Ohio, of all places, and Texas. And, you know, thousands of people claim to see these Bigfoot with their own eyes, and also they, out of the thousands of people, thousands claim to see a UFO possibly anywhere from two minutes to two hours later, you know, in the area. So, I mean, all of these accounts are, are coming up or putting two and two together here and coming up with the, uh, with five actually, because they're, they're saying they saw a object flying in the sky. They saw the lights and this is, this is basically out there in the Washington and Oregon and Canada and California, Northern California area. Um, what, what surprised me, though, Josh, is that Ohio, Ohio was a place. Um, you had some, you had two gentlemen that were hunters up in, in Oregon State, and they saw a light to begin with, and then they saw a creature that they swear is like 12 feet tall. It had uh, darkish, uh, I guess you would call it darkish gray fur, and it moved like a man, but like as fast as a sprinter. And they decided, since they had high-powered rifles, that they were going to follow it. And they followed it, and then there was another flash of light, and they and they kind of lost track of time. And this is this is one story that that they they gave to the police at the, at the time. They lost track of time, and they were back at their camping site. That's where they, they found themselves, back at the camping site. So I don't know if this is uh, uh, the infrasound, as you mentioned, uh, phenomena, where something happened to their brains or whatever, but they were following it, and up to a point, and then that was it. No more. They, they didn't see anything, and they found themselves back at their campsite. So I mean that's that's like some of the one of the strangest things I've I've read so far. That is weird. Uh, you know that infrasound thing comes up time and time again, uh, along with the uh, the lights being especially after not a lot of times before, but especially after a, a sighting or an encounter happens. So it's like it's like it just keeps popping up and popping up. So I I don't know is it is it supernatural these things. Or is it uh, extraterrestrial? Uh, my theory is, go- is leaning towards the extraterrestrial theory because it's what I saw was actually eating something. I actually smelled it. Went back the next day. I could still smell some, some of that blood and urine combo. And it just disappeared. And it just. Well, when you had your. when you had, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, when when you had your encounter, 
Okay. Now, prior to that, you had never seen or heard like of Dogman. Like, did you see anything or heard of a, of a Dogman before? No, no. The most I've ever seen uh, was like a Wolfman, uh, uh, Law and Hardy, you know, with the Wolfman, or the Three Stooges meet the Wolfman, or or some kind of comic on television. I've never seen so. And like I said, any anytime they show a Wolfman, the thing's about maybe six foot tall, you know, as tall as the people around it. This thing was. I, I measured it with a ruler in, in reference to the stop sign, seven foot, seven, seven foot, seven inches tall. I've never, never, never saw something or heard of this ever before. And what so color it's, was it? It's just, it was black. Mm. It was black in color. Yeah. So, and so does it, and has anyone else in that area seen one or seen anything like that? I mean, in that same area? Reporting. Well, I asked around. There, there's a there is a museum over there, and I didn't want people to think I was a little uh, off or anything. But I was asking around at the museum, the Wachung Museum, if they ever heard of anything like that. And a couple of curators over there said, "Yeah, we have wolves that go through the area." I, I myself have seen in uh, Lyons, New Jersey, uh, a very large gray wolf one night when I was driving to work. And uh, but it was on all fours. It was it was it wasn't bipedal at all. What I saw was black in color, and it was bipedal, and it was standing up. So it's it's like <laughs> it's nothing I've ever seen before. Nothing I ever came across or, or read of. I'll tell you, I was I was ready to shoot it with the bear spray if it was going to make a move towards me. So I, I got another question for you, Nick. <clears throat> and when you saw this creature that was your one and only time ever interacting or seeing anything like that right my, my one and only time right yeah and so and you've never seen any other cryptids other than your you know your confirmation of what you believe was the jersey devil and the chupacabra, the chupacabra. right yeah. that's about it and i've been out there i i've been out to uh washington state and uh you know, I was invited out there by a couple of friends of mine who are big bear hunters, and they said, "Yeah, they they have reports of uh, of uh, Bigfoot out here." And we did go out into the forest area where the reports were from. We did hear wood knocks. I didn't find any of the little uh, teepee setups that uh, they're so often associated with. <clears throat> this was in um, oh God, what was it Kapowson area? in uh in washington state and it's a it's a big area where people go and they you know for bear hunting and, and the like uh we were out there for two days and we were out there for a good eight hours at a at a shot uh we did hear wood knocks i i can't explain it i did not find any sasquatch or you know bigfoot but uh that was a that was another little adventure that i had out there and uh as i mentioned before i did go to point pleasant west virginia because i wanted to Look around and see what they're all talking about about this Mothman. Uh, I have to go back there someday again, as soon as this uh, COVID thing gets over with. But yes, that was my uh, one and only time with a with a dogman. But that that changed my life forever on that and uh, my thought process. And, and in your opinion, do you like like do you think that there there's something malevolent about them? Well, <laughs> I I didn't get the feeling that it uh, was 
uh, aggressive towards me. Uh, I got the feeling that it just didn't care that I was standing there, that I was insignificant. That's the <laughs> feeling I got. I didn't, I didn't get any infrasound. I didn't get any, uh, you know, freezing moments. I didn't get any tunnel vision. I was seeing this thing and saying, okay, next thing I need to do is, uh, you know, hit it with the bear spray if it comes near me and, and maybe track it with my other defensive measures. Because uh, I definitely wanted to go home. I, I went up there figuring I was going to save somebody from a bear. Because I thought, you, know, you see a bicycle there, you, you, you figure somebody drove the bike there. And it was a bike chained to the, uh, to the stop sign post. So that was, that was my one big experience. And it definitely did change my mind about things that are lurking out there. And in your opinion, do you think that these things are flesh and blood? Like the one you saw? I don't see why it would eat if it wasn't flesh and blood. Yeah. You know, that's why I'm, I'm kind of associating it with an extraterrestrial where, you know, he, he could say, you know, get out there and, you know, go, go romp around for a couple hours and then we're going to beam you back up. You know, same thing with the, uh, with Bigfoot or two or the, uh, Sasquatch or Mothman for that matter. I mean, Mothman appears on people's roofs and, and, uh, Chasing cars. I don't know why he would chase a car. I mean, there was one report where uh, a fellow and his girlfriend were driving down a highway in uh, in West Virginia, and the Mothman appeared, and uh, they took off, and the thing started taking off after them. And the guy was doing seventy, and the thing was keeping up with them. You know, and then as quick as it appeared, he he just disappeared, and that was the end of that. So I'm putting the two of them together, trying to trying to find out some way somehow what the what what the whole connection is and if if there is one i mean you know cuz i mean like all these things there could be a connection and a loose connection or there could be they could all be part of the same um i, I believe it was Ro rosemary ellen guiley uh yeah, you know, the yeah. author i believe she said that they were all part of the same element that was the conclusion she came to um, before she passed away, she, and, but she right. believed that, that they were all part of a trickster element. And she wrote a book called the, I believe it was her that wrote the book, the vengeful gin. Do you remember that book, Anthony? Yeah. Yeah. That was a good book. Yeah. And, and, and she was very adamant that they were all part of the same. Uh, now here's an intriguing thing. I don't know if I've ever told you, Nick, and the audience listening is if they're, if they're PRT veterans, you'll have heard me talk about this. I know when I talked to David Weatherly, we talked about this. Um, and that, those, those are good interviews too with, with the, uh, Alaskan cryptids and stuff. And, uh, one of the things that me and him talked about, and when I do interviews, folks, I, I, I do, I do talk a lot. I know people are like, Oh, we want to hear the guests talk, whatever. Um, but the guests, you know, aren't as important as me. So I just talk over them. So anyways, uh, like I was saying, I'm just kidding. I'm joking, Nick, you're, you're, you're important in your own special way. Um, no, I, I I'm just joking. Seriously. But I, I would. When I talked to, to, to David Weatherly, I felt like, you know, I had so much to say because, you know, me and this guy had so many uh, of, of the same uh, thought patterns. And we'd read some of the same books, had done some of the same research, you know. So uh, I, I was talking, you know, and, and so we were we were talking about that. And, and one of the things, there was a book that I read and it's called Legends of the Fire Spirits. It was a really good book. And it was about the different legends, uh, the Arabian legends of the jinn. And a lot of people associate the jinn with the Muslim belief. But in reality, 
the legends of the jinn go way back before even the 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 Islamic, uh, you know, in the influx of the is of Islam uh, into the infusion, I guess, of Islam into the Arabian culture. They already had stories of these of these things, and they they call them fire spirits, and uh, so they kind of incorporated their. It's almost like they. It's almost like they incorporated their their previous belief into. They kind of melded it together, you know. In in Islam, it seems kind of like it's a it's a they kind of melded it together, and <clears throat> each region has its own uh, stories and its creatures and the Nagula. Uh, the guela, there's all these different ways to say it, the, you know, um, but it's like a ghoul type uh, entity, uh, which is just a type of jinn that's, that's very uh, uh, evil. Uh, it's, it's, it's like a, an evil entity that eats people. But, but this uh, thing has a kryptonite. And that kryptonite is this dogman type creature. And, and when you do the translations, the, the this this creature it's like a it's a wolf but it's not it's like a wolf but it's like it's it has characteristics like a man and it's very weird i mean it's like uh and and then the arab belief mirrors the the viking belief which mirrors the you know some of the uh native american beliefs you know that that they they all have this similar belief that there's this this uh, cataclysm, apocalyptic, whatever happens, and then the only thing that's left alive on Earth is the wolf, which is very odd. It's very weird. I mean, that's like, because, you know, in Fenrir, of course, in the Viking belief, and you got these stories that you get from the Arabians that that, that one day the Earth will be just completely, it, it will cease to endure, and that only the wolf will be left alive. And this wolf uh, creature, for, for whatever you want to call it, um, the, the, uh, the Ayubla or something, I can't remember the name of the, of the, of the creature, but it, it eats the, the ghoul, like it's the enemy of the ghoul. And so you get these reports of this, uh, this rake type entity, uh, the, the, uh, let's call it a rake is for lack of a better term or a Wendigo, maybe it might be a, a connection there, <clears throat> but it, apparently this, this thing eats humans, and the dog man will eat this thing. And but the dog man will also kill people too. It's kind of like it's at the top of the food chain. Um and, and it and it will just pretty much devour these other entities. Um, because that's what it does. It just it's like it's the biggest fish in the in the pond, so it kills these other creatures. And it's so weird. It's like a weird I don't I don't know how to describe it. You know, when you read about it. Terrestrial, you know, something like that. Uh, you know, and you, and wow. then when you go to the now, now, let's take a trip here. Let's go to to what you were talking about, and let's kind of go down the rabbit hole, and let's say that you, you know, your your theory has, you know, which it has merit already. But let's say that it is the tr- it, it's it is the truth. That is what it is. It comes here from another dimension, as an interdimensional, or an extraterrestrial, or an ultra terrestrial, or whatever. And it hunts like the predator and it, and it hunts other creatures say that it comes from another dimension and it can, it kills demons from our dimension. Say it's a demon, say, say it's a demon from another dimension. And for lack of a better term, we don't know what to call it. So we would just classify it as a type of demonic entity, but it's actually from another d- dimension and that it comes in it and it, 
kills and fights with whatever's here, you know? And so it, it, if, if it happens to be another uh, demon, then it, that's what it does. It's like, it's just, you know, like certain bacteria just prey on other bacteria. I mean, that, that just sounds weird. I know, but it just, you know, it, what you're saying though, about the, like these things being seen, you know, like, like around light and then being seen around UFO activity, you know, um, there was a case I did on DER. I've talked about this before where this kid was, was being visited by this, uh, shadowy creature, like a shadow man, um, like the hat man, you know, and then he was seeing this dog man that would come up to his window. And he said that whenever the dog man would come up to his window, that the, the shadow man would go and hide. But this dog man was obviously up to no good too, because it was trying to get him to come outside. And it was, it was, and then it like, you know, uh, went after his mother, you know, like when it, when she tried to intervene, you know, when she saw it one night. So, I mean, obviously these are both evil entities, but one is obviously, um, kind of outranking the other. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Oh, it's like the, the enemy of my enemy is my friends. Yeah. But thing. not necessarily my friend because it'll turn <laughs> and kill you too. But it's like, you know, exactly. Yeah, like say you're swimming in the ocean and there's a tiger shark swimming around you and then a great white comes and kills the tiger shark. Um, you're still not friends with the great white, but, you know, it, it's still just showing that it's the, the bigger, meaner fish, you know, or a great white getting killed by a killer whale because killer whales prey on great whites. It doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean that that killer whale is your friend, you know. And uh, for now, we'll take the help, and uh, yeah, they'll take the help for whatever. But later, we're gonna have to run from you. Yeah, exactly. You know, but but that I kind of get the feeling that that's what's going on here, and people will oftentimes they'll mistake the this uh, dogman uh, going after these other creatures, and they'll think, oh, the dogman's here to help us. These are our friends. Not really. Um, I think whatever's there is pretty much on the menu, and I think that they. I mean, if, uh, they forget that this is an alpha predator. I mean, come on. Yeah. Seven foot plus tall, uh, five, six hundred pounds, <laughs> six inch claws. This is an alpha, an apex predator. He's, he's out there for one reason. And uh, fortunately, well, I have a theory about that, too. Why they don't attack us often is because, you know, I, I think they're intelligent. Uh, I think they're very intelligent. And they know that, you know, if humans start uh, going missing or getting torn up and stuff enough, that we're going to put all our resources in hunting them down and getting them. So, I mean, you know, that's another theory I have, but at least I'm putting some viable theories out there. <laughs> well, yeah. Some and people out there that are just uh, not doing nothing. And then there's shapeshifter, the, the shapeshifter element too. Um, I had an, a, a story uh, that was given to me by a woman just today saying that she, she had uh, her and her neighbor, saw a cat, a shape-shifting cat, you know, and it was like, well, I mean, you get stories like that all the time. And if you're me, anyway, you get stories like that all the time. I mean, for you, you, you do the dog man thing just exclusively, right? Mostly. Well, mostly, mostly, but I, I do put out there to people that do know me that if there's anything else, just report it to me and I'll, uh, if I can't take care of it, then I'll, I'll pass it on, you know, to the uh, people that can take care of it. Yeah, and and when you say take care of it, what what does that mean? In other words, give uh, uh, research it. First of all, I'll, I'll research anything out there that's cryptid. Uh, but you have some people uh, that are specialists, and that's what I mean by take care of it. If they're a specialist in uh, Sasquatch, for instance, 
they're a specialist on, uh, you know, the uh, Mongolian death worm, you know, some something like that. I'll pass it on to them because they might know way more than I do, and they can take care of it. You know, you know, like you're you're talking before about uh, skinwalkers and wendigos. I mean, the only thing that can kill them is uh, fire. So you know, they're a specialist would know that. You know how to take care of it. If it, if there's a spirit haunting you, uh, you know, you're gonna burn the sage. You're gonna put the uh, salt in containers in all four corners of your room. Uh, you know things like that. So in other words, a specialist. Well, yeah, or you could get the uh, the suit. I mean, what is it the uh, what is it that the Ghostbusters use? <laughs> the, uh, oh yeah, the uh, I but, can't remember the name of the, the little uh, proton pack. Need a little yeah, you yeah. need that proton pack. Yeah, yeah. So so then you know I don't then I don't know then where would I come in? Where when would you call me? Do I get to be a part of this? You call me for something? I think we'd call you for everything because you're uh, like a, a jack of all trades. You've been here, you've done that, you've experienced some of the, some of these things already. So you, yeah, not you not so much of the cryptids though. I mean, not, not so much of the cryptids, just mostly the, the the weird paranormal stuff that's happened to me. But and and I don't I don't classify it all as paranormal because like I I've, I've said so many times before, I don't really believe that that I believe that everybody can experience this. I don't think it's like people have these experiences. I think that it's just like you said about how they move on a different uh, wavelength. And some of us manage to get a glimpse of it and some of us can see them all the time. Um, I have talked to different people like a remote viewer that I talk to periodically trying to get him to come on the show. He doesn't seem like he's really interested in doing that. And he did did do some work for not only our government, for different governments. He's done some work and he's not real forthcoming about he's a nice guy i mean he likes being you know listening to the show and, and being involved in the group a little bit but keeping it low-key you know what he's done in the past and he proved it he proved his ability to me you know and to, to some of my people by by you know we gave him a couple little of assignments and uh you know he passed with flying colors and so it, he's really interesting in being able to see these things and uh, remote viewing, having remote viewed, like what he thinks these things are and that, that, that he's really, he, that's, he's kind of stumped because he's like, he can't put his finger on it. It's like, there's multiple things going on here and he believes that they're not all the same and you got mimicry going on too, you know, like, like he believes that there are skinwalkers who can take the form, like me and you had talked about that before, right. um, that they could take the form of any creature. And that they will actually choose to take the form of the Sasquatch or the Dogman, and that they can they manipulate that, you know. And then, and then you have this whole um, like the paranormal thing going on, you know, like a um, not paranormal. How do you say it? spiritual thing going on, where you get these uh, people that'll see these things and then they vanish, you know, or or they pop up out of shadows and they just come out of nowhere. And and then I also, you know, have talked to uh, and talking about dark waters again. Me and me and me and him had a conversation one night, a really long conversation. And he believes, and this is kind of you know, this kind of makes sense in a way. Uh, one of the things he said was that he thinks that the, that these people have created a cult around this thing to the point to where they've actually created almost like a tulpas, like you know, like. A, I forgot how he worded it. Like he was telling me that they've created, like it's almost like there's a 
this entity has been given power by these by the belief these people have in it, you know, and that some people well, may you're, actually you're talking about it's definitely it's it's feeding power to it, not yeah. just uh, not just the tales. It's not just feeding tales, word of mouth, but it's actually energizing it. Mm hmm. Yeah. And, and, and people are so obsessed with it, you know, and, and then there's people that just want it to be real. And then you got these really, really, really misled people that want it to be this malevolent protector nature spirit thingy that I just don't think it is. Well, they're going out there tree hugging and, uh, uh, you know, yeah. I don't believe it is either. <clears throat> and, um, you know, speaking of your remote viewer and well, just from my background, because I've worked for the government, uh, you know that certain alphabet soup agencies and the U.S. military have used remote viewing, you know, in uh, in uh, different different ways that they're you know trying to militarize it. So I mean, you know, maybe that's why he really can't talk about too much of it. Yeah, that that that's kind of the gist that I get. You know, he's not real interested in coming out and um, cause I, I was like, dude, you know, he's good at what he does. I mean, he's, 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 uh, has a lot of Intel about a lot of stuff and, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll talk to him and see if maybe he's interested in talking to you behind the scenes, you know, and maybe you can hook up with him or something. And because he, he was open with, uh, one of my team members. So, I mean, it wasn't like he was hiding, but he just didn't want it. He didn't want to come out on the show and be like, Hey, my name is, the, you right. know, and then start. Well, he can only, I, I would be very interested in speaking with him, but you know, I, I understand that he can only go so far. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, you know, unlike some people that say, Oh yeah, this, this guy used to work for the government. He's out there. <laughs> he's going to tell us all he's going to, you know, tell us about this story and that story. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't think that happens in real life. No, I, I don't think anybody really wants to put their life, their pension, their career, uh, you know, on the line. I mean, there are things called black sites that the government has, and I don't really want to go visit one of those and yeah. spend the rest of my days there. And I think that's where they put it with these people that, you know, you talk, then you're going to walk. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Over, that's the end of you. Well, you know, look at Dulce. Not... I mean, <laughs> you know, I've heard nightmare stories out of that place <clears throat> in the different, different places, you know, like the MK4, uh, you know, over there, what is it, Montauk? Um, right. You know, I've heard stories right. about stuff yep. like that. I mean, I don't know the veracity of them, but, you know, and, and but I just, I don't know. I try to put out any and all possible theories. And, of course, me and you have postulated on many different uh, fronts and theories and what they could be. We don't have the answers, Nick, you know, and we may never. No. But looking into it and doing the best you can with the NADP and trying to figure out what's going on. You know, like what, what's happening? What, I mean, what, what are these things? You know, like I get these reports all the time. I mean, I could sit here from, from now until the end of time and just go over report after report after report. I, I, they pour in every day and the, 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 the more momentum my show builds, the more stories I get, but I can't, I, I still can't stress this enough. Keep sending them to me folks, because you know, I just, I can't get enough of these stories, you know, but, but there, there's, there's so many now it's kind of overwhelming, but I still can't get enough of reading them. I'll just sit there in my free time and just read story after story after story. And my wife laughs. She's just sitting there. She's like, you just, you just got so many of these stories 
and I just read them to her and I'm like, look at this one. What do you think of this one? And then Anthony, you know, that will go over and I'll be like, what do you think of this one? Oh yeah. And, and we'll just sit there and we'll, we'll talk about these stories. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I don't understand. Like I was talking to a, well, he, you and I both know who this person is. He's not our friend, but, uh, and one day, one day we were, I was talking to a person who me and I mutually do not really get along with and a while back right. and, and before we parted ways and he was just like, he, he couldn't get material or something. And I'm going like, what are you talking about? Like, like, what are you talking about? How's that even possible? Yeah. How's that even possible? I mean, if, if you have, it, it, obviously you're not very well liked then people aren't giving you their stories because there's no shortage of people to tell you stories. This lady told me a story of ghost javelinas. You know what a javelina is? It's like a little hog that's now been kind of interbred into uh, with these other hogs to create these, these massive monstrous hogs. Well, folks, if you're ever come to Texas, you need to know one thing. You can be killed by hogs in your neighborhood. And I'm not joking. I mean, I am not kidding. Me and Nellie, my wife, we were driving around and this was near Spicewoods, uh, not, not far from, uh, uh, off of 360. And Anthony, you know where that's at. And I showed you, there was a woman, remember that Anthony, her and her husband were, were walking the power walk, you know? And I said that, that field right there had about eight of these 400 pound hogs in it just last week. And they were just walking around. There was this lady pushing a baby stroller. And I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. These hogs have all just kind of interbred with these wild, these wild hogs of interbred with these. I mean, like a wild boar. Yeah. yeah, with these wild boar. And there's two different species. And then of these wild hogs, the javelina was one of them. And then they interbred with these, these domesticated hogs that had gone feral, that had gotten loose and gone feral. And these people are just walking around oblivious to the to these dangerous animals that will kill and eat anything. There used to be a place where uh, I'm kind of getting out there, but I'll, I'll get back to my my point in a second here. But I want to stress this, Anthony. You used to work for uh, a house that was being built uh, by the owners of a very large uh, c company that's oh, nationwide. His yeah. son, that I don't know if we should say the company's name. Probably not. Probably not. But anyway. His son was building a a house out there on the lake, and it was really pretty. That's where Anthony had a uh, a water moccasin incident. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he he got up to use the bathroom, Nick. He comes back, and there's he almost sits down on a water moccasin that was in his chair. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Damn. So, anyways, th there was a deer that was uh, roaming around out there. There was a, there was a, a little pack of bucks, and one of them. His leg, he, he was walking around on three legs, and one of his legs was just torn up and messed up, and and it looked like it had atrophied or something. Like he had, he survived, and it looked like he was okay with just running around on three legs. And I would see him out there all the time, and I worked out there a couple times, and I was like, well, that deer, he just comes out here and eats, and his leg is just kind of hang, hanging there, and it was his back uh, left leg. And uh, so one day I was talking to the neighbors. You remember the neighbors that had the weird house with, did you, with all the windows? You know, you oh, see? yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so the guy's out there drinking coffee one day and uh, by his mailbox, and th those deer, these deer are everywhere in Austin. I mean, they're, they're, they're in your yard. And I, 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 I see these bucks, you know, and it was springtime, and I said, you know, you got to be careful. These, these bucks, they can get pretty feisty. And he goes, yeah, that's not, that's not really what I'm worried about, though. You know, he goes, they, they don't really, you know, get too aggressive. He's like, one of them kind of uh, was swinging his head back and forth, you know, one day. 
at one of the neighbor's kids and she, they got kind of scared. He goes, but uh, my fear is the hogs. And he's like, you see that buck with the messed up leg? He goes, uh, my wife's friend actually witnessed this hog uh, attack it. And that's how it ended up with its leg messed up. And so these are these were very big, I mean, like large uh, bucks. And these hogs are so brazen that they'll run up and, and try to kill a deer just right there in your yard. And this is not no, no BS. This is real. This was out in, you know, Westlake Hills, you know, which is basically, uh, you know, the, right in, right in the, uh, the suburb of Austin. And, you know, and it's in a very beautiful area, but I mean, the hogs are terrible. You know, I had a buddy of mine that actually works for us part time and he got out of his truck to go take a leak. And, uh, this hog was like, came out of the bush and just charged right at him. And he had to jump into the back of his truck. Uh, you know, so these things are very, uh, very violent creatures, you know, and, and they're everywhere out here. I mean, they are everywhere. And so anyways, the, the, this woman, she saw these, uh, pack of javelinas and you haven't seen these things in forever. They're gone. They've all been displaced by these, 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 uh, mutant hogs that have appeared and these hogs, uh, you know, the, the theory is that these javelinas have interbred uh, with the with these other with these other domesticated hogs and these razorbacks, and they've all just kind of turned into this giant monster hog, you know, species that's just kind of its own thing now. But uh, she claimed that she that, that there was these these javelinas run across the road. Um, this lady told me that her friend saw that. And so you're just like, that's crazy. And, but they were just like ghosts. Like they, it was like they were, you know, and then you got stories of people seeing like ghosts, uh, like a saber tooth cat. Speaking of the supernatural sin city, it was right out of, right out of Las Vegas. And uh, you know, that this, uh, thing came out and, and, and tried to attack this guy and, and then it just vanished. You know, you get these stories of this weird stuff that happens just all the time, you know? And so I'm just like at a, at a, at, at a loss as to how people cannot get stories, you know, and like, I mean, there, there's so much out there and, and it's so many people seeing so many weird things. And I believe, and I really believe this, Nick, and I'm telling you this audience, this, everybody out there, I don't care who you are. You may have repressed it, or I don't know, maybe you didn't pay attention. You didn't notice it, but everybody's seen something weird. Everybody. I, I, if you, if I spend time with somebody you know, the first thing that they'll say, well, I don't really had anything weird happen to me. Uh, and the guy sitting across from me right now, my nephew, I mean, one time he was like saying, well, I hadn't really had anything weird happen. Then he started going over. I said, well, you had this. Yeah. He goes, yeah, I had that. Okay. Well then you had this. He goes, yeah. I said, then, then you put it all together. You've had seven, eight incidents, you know, you know, <laughs> like, like you, Nick, exactly. I mean. You've seen a dog man. I mean, you know, and you, me and you talking, if me and you talk, okay, off, off topic of the paranormal, off topic of cryptids, and we've had conversations about just basic, um, you know, just pragmatic stuff, you know, uh, you, you, me and you can have conversation about all kinds of stuff, you know, and, and, and it has, it don't even, it doesn't have to do, you know, people wouldn't even think, oh, these guys are into the paranormal. You know what I mean? Because me and you talk about I mean, lifting yeah, like weights, working out, stuff and working out. Yeah, exactly. We talk about lifting weights and 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 other things, you know, and and like like and stuff. Yeah. yeah, and and so you know, like like my friend Lyle Lyle, Lyle Blackburn, he's a an author, and everybody knows Lyle. He's a good guy. He's 
wrote all kinds of books, you know, and me and him were talking one night and we just, we were talking about working out and he, he, he makes his own protein bars and he, he was telling me how he wow. does it and how he, how he makes them, you know? And, and so I was sitting there listening to him and we were just talking away, you know, and my wife was like, who are you talking to? And I was like, I was talking to Lyle and, uh, and, and, you know, he's a musician. We were talking about music and stuff like that. And, and you wouldn't look, if you've just seen one of us at the grocery store, you're not going to go, well, that guy looks like he's into some weird stuff. You know, you know I mean, you're not going to, you're not going to look at the, at us and, and think that you're just going to look at me standing in line and think this guy looks like a bodyguard or a bouncer or, you know, some sort of, you know, cage fighter or something. You know what I mean? They're going to think you're some kind of, yeah, you know, exactly. or some kind of movie villain or gangster. I don't know what they're going to look at you and think, you know, you, you look like a cop or like you said, military, paramilitary. You look like somebody who can handle himself for sure. But, you know, I'm not going to look at you and the first thought's going to be, oh, this guy's into some cryptids and stuff like that. And that'll do it for this week, folks. Like, comment, subscribe down below, all that jazz. And join us next week, same time, same place, for the third and final part of our three-part Dogman special with Nick Valente. Until then, good night.